Carol decides to do something different with her hair. She gets a totally new style, and the next morning, this is at school, she does get a lot of compliments. Her friend Lana sees her and says, wow, then laughs (laughs) and walks away. Okay, if I'm reading from the screen here, I'm looking at the text, and I get to imagine what's going to actually happen. There's a lot of ways this can be interpreted. It depends on their relationship. It says they're friends. She says, wow, then laughs, walks away. Is she, like, making fun of her? Is she saying, is Carol saying, oh, wow, like, you finally did it. (laughs) I can't believe it. I got to get to class now, she thinks, perhaps. Continuing, Carol then thinks about this comment for two weeks straight. They have been friends for three years, and as Carol thinks about it, she starts getting angry, really angry. She thinks, Lana is just jealous of me and is always putting me down. Let's analyze. So Carol takes this comment to heart. She thinks that look was negative. It appears there was no conversation, and and she thinks, you know what? This has happened many times in the past. This is more evidence that She's, she's putting me down. True or not, don't know. That, that is the way she sees it. What happens? She decides to block Lana online, removes her number. Friends ask Carol, hey, what's up with you and Lana? And Lana does try to talk to Carol, and she only says, Lana knows what she did. She knows Okay, let's break this situation down, and I'm going to tell you why and, and what today's story is, what we're all about here today on Anxiety Help with Wes. Lana knows what she did, so she she blocks her. Even if what Carol said is true, that Lana is jealous and is always putting me down, what do you think about her response? I'll tell you, for me, I see this happen a lot with students, with adults, and for a number of reasons. For example, why does why does Carol do this? One, maybe she's so hurt that she can't face her. Number two, maybe maybe she's actually getting a power bump, uh, uh, feels in control of the situation by doing this, and she doesn't want to let Lana know what she did because... Somewhere in there, she's enjoying it, perhaps. I mean, who knows? There are a lot of reasons. What I will say is the you're dead to me strategy usually increases anxiety. It increases anger. And it happens. It happens a lot. I've been there many a times. In honor of National Bullying Awareness Month, I'm looking on the website right now. It's stompoutbullying.org, National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month, October. That's now. Okay, the goal, encourage schools, communities, and organizations to work together to stop stop bullying and cyberbullying and put an end to hatred and racism by increasing awareness of the prevalence and impact of all forms of bullying on all children of all ages. Instead of, so in honor of, 
in honor of National Bullying Awareness Month, I'm going to talk about mistreatment. And the reason I talk about mistreatment today is because if we are mistreating others or we are being mistreated, it has a factor in anxiety. I mean, I would love to come and just focus on anxiety, but it's all these aspects of our lives and how we respond and react to it that seems to be the biggest indicator of our of our anxiety, a factor, I should say. So it's mistreatment. What is mistreatment? Okay, belittling or mean comments. Comments to make you less than. And bullying's really easy. It's really easy to spot, by the way. I don't know if you all have been bully, bullied or you've been on the bullying end of things. As a reminder, that is repeated. Bullying has four or five elements to it. It's repeated. It's usually an intent to harm or aggressive. There's an imbalance of power. Those are all common things. Repeated over and over. An intent to harm. Intent matters. And an imbalance of power like uh, someone with higher status to someone of lower status, for example. Older to younger. Where you have like this unfair advantage. It's an unfair playing field. Well, continuing belittling and mean comments. I know for me, when I've been on either end of mean comments or belittling, it's subtle where you walk away being like, was I just, was I just made fun of? Were they just making fun of me to my face and I laughed at that myself? I think I, I think that's what just happened. Controlling behavior. If we try to control someone else or they're always trying to control us, even, even our reactions control the way we react that's mistreatment manipulation manipulation according to dr phil is not always bad i can manipulate in a positive manner and in the negative sense it is normally cleverly getting someone to do something i want and usually through dishonesty that would be my off-the-cuff definition i'm going to get you to do something i want I'm going to convince you, but I have a different motive than I present to you, perhaps. Dishonest or unreliable. I say I will do something. I don't. I don't have a good relationship to my word. That's my definition of integrity, our relationship to our word. Do I do the things I say I will do or, or not do? It's not about being this super, this person of high character. It's being honest to what I say. The dishonesty is lies. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about various forms of lying. A lot of us are in that habit. Some very outright lies, other very negative lies. I'm sorry, very small lies. For example, if we're invited somewhere and we say, no, I can't, I've got this thing going on, that would communicate to the other person that if I didn't have this thing, I would be interested in going. Why not say, hey, thank you, I appreciate the invitation, I'll pass. And if they inquire, well, it's not really my thing. I had such a hard time doing this. I had so hard. It was so hard for me. And what I found is I wanted to be invited. I wanted to be friends with that person, but sometimes I just didn't want that movie. I didn't want to do that activity. So what I would ultimately say is, hey, thank you for the invitation, I sure hope you invite me out again because I think you're amazing. However, I'm not into the thing you're doing at all. <laughs> Just kind of keeping it real. But 
dishonest, negative. It's unbelievable, the negativity. Some people, the second you ask them, hey, how's it going? You And then you go, wait, I shouldn't have asked you because I know you're going to drop a bunch of negativity. It's always bad. Well, you know, it's been really... And, and that's okay if that's the truth. But it's, you know, if... if I, I know people who, if they won the lottery, they would find something negative. Well, all the taxes. You know what I mean? It's like, can we... C- come on. This is a good thing. Guilt trip. Shame and guilt. I'm trying to guilt someone else. Or they're trying to guilt me. They're trying to shame me. Well, if you really cared, oh, I thought the friendship mattered to you. Or this position did. Finally, fear or intimidation. Fear. Now, sometimes we have fear ourselves, and they're not trying to project that onto us, so we've got to be very careful. But it also can be easy to spot when we're like, oh, they're intimidating me. Or fear is a strategy here that I am using or that the other person is using. Because like I mentioned, we can be on either end. I know for me, controlling was, which ones are you guys good at? It's kind of funny to phrase it that way, right? I know I got pretty skilled at controlling behavior. I wasn't effective at it, but I employed that tactic a lot. What they're going to do, how they react, how they speak to me, it created a lot of problems for me. Negativity, yeah, dishonest, sure. Guilt, not so much. I was on the receiving end of that. In any case, when's the last time you've really been mistreated? And how did you respond to it? Well, that's what we're going to go through today. A number of scenarios about mistreatment. Are you ready? And I'm going to read them in parts. We're going to break them down, engage. I hope you engage with me. All right. As I pull this one up, just a quick hello. I've got... got, I've had a great dinner. I'm going to take a sip. I actually had uh, salmon, eggs on toast. It was amazing. Okay, here we go. Speaking of that, here's our next scenario. Every day at lunch. And by the way, these are all from school, school-aged scenarios. I think they apply very well to us as adults, and it kind of can even help us separate what's happening by you know considering considering these situations every day at lunch jeremy eats with his friends well kind of friends kind of jeremy thinks my friends don't even ask about me they don't he realizes that he always calls them but they never call him he only gets to hang out with them at recess if he does what they want but On several occasions when he's made a suggestion about doing something, they just kind of say, whatever. What do we think about Jeremy here? So he's going to lunch. He's with these people. You allow me to be near you, but it's clear you don't care, and it hurts my sense of self. I don't know if he's that aware, but that's what I'm getting. And his evidence for this is, well, I call them, but if I don't, I will not hear from them. If I do what you want, 
at recess. I'm in, but it's not a two-way street. Okay. Here's what Jeremy thinks next paragraph. I doubt if I never sat with them again, they'd even notice or care. But Jeremy understands why. He gets it. He understands. I'm not as smart or good-looking as they are, and I'm not good at talking to people. So why wouldn't they treat me this way? Also, I'd rather be with them than be alone and look like some loser, Jeremy says to himself. He also believes the reasons here are his looks. He's not as handsome. He don't. He sees himself as less smart than his friends and low ability to socialize. I'm not good at talking to people. That's his diagnosis of the situation. Right now, it appears, I happen to know the story, right now it appears his friends are just kind of using him. Before we go to the final paragraph, I'd rather be with them than be alone and look like some loser. So Jeremy also is out there looking at other people and making judgments. So perhaps, I would argue, if Jeremy didn't view others who are kind of alone as losers, he may be able to branch out himself. Final. His friends, well, they like Jeremy. They do, but here's the deal. He can be kind of bossy. Well, very bossy. He gets mad at them all the time. And he's recently been suspended for screaming at the teacher. Yeah, okay, I like this because Jeremy, it appears, has fully misdiagnosed what he think it, he believes is happening here. He sees the situation. Is he correct, by the way? Are they keeping a distance? Are they? Do they not care? Maybe, because they have to do something to protect themselves because he's going to get mad at him. He's even got suspended for screaming so they probably like him but this character flaw is getting in the way so here's the story how do we figure this out you know if jeremy's friends tell him jeremy you're bossy and maybe they say it more loving than that you're bossy he may just get mad at them he may they he who knows what he's going to do so i don't i don't know if they're in a space to where they can share this with him I, I would hope so. And for me, if I'm going to offer someone feedback, they one, they need to ask me. I don't need to just give unsolicited advice to people or feedback. By the way, here's what I think about you. Side note, I tried that. Let me share this. I was part of a project once. I would say about 15 years ago, maybe more. I was starting to develop my voice. I was starting to try to find the ability to, to, to speak up and to assert myself where needed. So everybody on this project spoke negatively about this one person on the project. And I think to myself, okay, Wes, we got to help her out here. We, we must do this. So without asking her or speaking to her, I pulled her aside one day and I said, hey, heads up everybody's talking about you all the time negatively behind your back. Here's why they're talking about you. And I listed out the reasons. 
I said, here's the, the, those things that bother them. It bothers me too. So I just want you to be aware because I care. Fast forward 10 years. We reconnect. She says, by the way, you remember that time you pulled me aside? Yeah, yeah, I do. She says, that. I don't know if you're aware, but that injured me to my core. It was one of the most powerful injuries I've ever had. It really hurt. It took probably a year for me to get over that comment, and therapy was involved. And she said, you know, one of the things I found through therapy, I'm, I'm really telling on myself here, aren't I? She says, one of the things I found through therapy is that you probably had good intentions when you did this. And I did. I did. I, I just, I, I was really bad and needed help. And I was trying to show up differently than I had in the past. I didn't know the rules. If I could do it over, maybe I wouldn't have said anything because our relationship wasn't on that level. If I did say something, I would have spoken just to that one thing in the moment and spoken for myself. Hey, you did this, this, and that bothers me. Heads up. I wouldn't have been like everybody's talking about you. If we were close, which we weren't, but she was bothersome, had some real things going on. If we were close, I would have said, hey, I care about you, and I I would like to talk to you about some things. Um... I want to kind of give you some feedback if if you're interested in that, okay? In, that would have been much more, I would have asked permission. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> My point being with the friends here, they got to be very careful about how they engage in offering feedback. Jeremy could go to an adult, go to friends. Hey, what do, what do you guys think about me? If he's interested, someone has to clue him in that maybe your reasons for them being distant, assuming that's the case, may not be for the reasons you believe they are. This is good stuff. I I see, so in schools, very little SEI, social and emotional intelligence, social and emotional learning is taught. The weird thing about this is our ability, a high Social IQ really makes up our ability to interact with ourselves and manage emotions, to find a significant other, to find a position. A lot of careers, they're looking for someone with the soft skills, right? And this is very, it's taught, but perhaps on a much lower percentage scale than some of the academic courses. Jeremy could ask them or ask others. He could, therapy perhaps may clue him in. What I would like Jeremy to do as we move to the next one is get to the point where he says, I really, I'm really interested in understanding how I land on other people. Here goes another one. For those of you who may be listening and and you're an adult, I hope this kind of brings you back to those school days <laughs> or even your current situation. You're like, oh, wow, I'm going through the same thing now that I did X amount of years ago in junior high. Miley recently moved to another state and 
just finished her first week at a new middle school. Okay, Miley, you got through week number one. Cool. She towers over most people in her eighth grade class. This is the clue, is her height. Most people growing up are not confident about their bodies, nor should they be. They're changing. There's a lot of uh, hormones. There's a lot of judgment. How do you all feel out there right now with your bodies, your acceptance, your your what what you got going on? I've finally really come to terms with my size. I, I tried my hardest in high school to play football and gain a bunch of weight. Looking back, I, I, I have no clue why I did that. Um, I was kind of aware. For me, skinny legs, okay. Bald now. My hair was beautiful back in the day. I'm to a point, though, where I accept all parts of myself. If if I had a wand right now and I could give myself some jacked, jacked up calves and legs, oh yeah, I'm in. Six pack, bring it on. Hair, yes. Though I do accept that part of myself because I really don't have that much control over it. Moving on. Miley is looking for a place to sit. While this is happening, another student calls to her in front of everyone. Hey, Shorty, there's a spot over here. How do you all think she's going to take it? I know the story again. I'm just thinking... It's those little comments when we're not sure a person's intention that really can weigh on us. If if some of us with anxiety have the ruminating thoughts, the, the constant cycle of the barrage of thoughts, we may be in the same situation where there's a comment, it's very slight, and we think about it for two weeks like in the other situation. We just, our mind stews over it. What did the person mean? What the heck were they talking about here? Miley paused for a moment, turns red. Another girl from the group waved her over and stated, Hey, don't pay attention to them or her, she told Miley. That's just the way we talk to each other. They call me Einstein because I got all C's on my last report card. What do we think about this one? Is mistreatment happening here? Is this bullying? Here are my here here are my here's my speculation. Here's what I'm considering. If I'm going to banter with someone, if I'm going to roast them a little bit, one I have to earn that. I've got to earn that roasting ability, and I also have to know they have to know that at the root of whatever I say is love and care. In this situation, she's new, so I'm guessing they don't know her yet, or the girl who says this. She does say over here, so perhaps her strategy is come sit with us. I'm going to normalize your height and just make it not a thing because we can joke about it. We do know she turned red, and it it was it didn't land as this person wanted it to, so much so that another person said, hey, that's just, it's not personal, that's just the way she is. Yeah. I don't know about, by the way, that's not really funny, is it? You get a C on your report card and go, oh, hey, Einstein, hey, genius. That's not really funny. I remember getting comments from someone near me kind of in my circle 
and he's just kind of belittling negative comments under the guise of just a joke. I remember I finally went to this person and said, hey, you're saying this. I I don't know if you're playing around or if, if it's coming from like a kind of a place of anger. Are we okay? That's how I handled it, and it seemed to work. For years, Kevin has made fun of his best friend Dave's peanut butter obsession. Peanut butter's delicious. I get it. You'd eat my gym socks if it was covered in peanut butter, he told Dave. On the second day, second day, one day rather, in science lab, students designed mazes to test the intelligence of white mice. When the teacher told the class that they would be baiting the mazes with peanut butter, Kevin called out, Better be careful, Dave might get to the end of the maze before the mice. Dave and the other students broke out in laughter. What do you all think of this one? I'm with you. Peanut butter is delicious. That also sounds like a cool lab experiment. Students designed mazes to test the intelligence of white mice. No, never got to do anything like that. But but let's get to the thing. The friend calls out, hey, just he reminded the class and everybody, Dave's got this peanut butter thing. He's probably going to get to the end of the maze before the mice. Dave laughs. Other students broke out in laughter. Here's something I see a lot is that we go to the well. When we drop a joke and we get the response from a friend, that sometimes we can go to the well again and again and again, that same joke, where you got to mix it up. I remember I dropped a joke on a friend, and he ignored me. And I said, hey, and I repeated the joke. He said, oh, I heard you the first time. Why didn't you say anything? He goes, because it wasn't funny. I've been in a situation where other people uh, were kind of dropping these these comments, these jokes on another friend with a good intention, clearly. And he said, man, I get it. I I appreciate that you're trying to make me laugh here, but I can't. You got to come with something funny. That is so not funny. And he wasn't kidding. I, Wow. I was like, that's nice to be able to do that. You're going to have to do better than that if you're trying to get my laugh. The other key here is Dave laughs, though that does not represent enjoyment. How many times have you been in a scenario where you may be being mistreated, you laugh, and then you walk away and think, wait, why did I laugh? That wasn't funny. What about giving someone the fake laugh, even though you know or you don't think what they said was funny, or not? you're not even sure you understand what they said. I don't do that anymore. I do not give someone the fake laugh. So, not too long ago, someone dropped a joke on me, and I laughed, and they were talking about it. I said, no, I just, your presentation of the joke made me laugh. I don't get it at all, but you're super animated, and that, that got the laugh from me. So the laugh doesn't represent that he enjoys it for sure, It seems kind of harmless. It's about peanut butter. It's also not the place in class. He could have just said it to Dave. I think it's time to mix it up. I don't know. If Dave is bothered and we have no true evidence that he is here, if if Dave feels like he's being mistreated by Kevin, he has to give Kevin a clue with his body language, with his words, Kevin may also go, hey, you still cool with me, the peanut butter thing? But I don't know to this point. It sounds like this one's okay. 
couple more. It's Monday, the afternoon. Rob had used his recess time to hang campaign posters around the school. These posters read, Vote Rob for Student Council President. Tuesday, classmate shows Rob a picture online, and it is his poster. And it's got like these drawings all over it, like this mustache and the horns and stuff like that. One of Rob's classmates points to a girl in the first row, indicating that Maria had sent this to the group. Okay, let's pause. If she sends it to a group, again, their friendship, what is their their relationship? But it's someone had to clue Rob in that this happened, and they point right over there and say, this is the girl who did it. She did it. She sent it to a group of people without his permission, and they made a bunch of drawings. This, to me, is mistreatment. Here's what happens. Rob glares at Maria and says, making me look stupid in a picture is not funny. It's just a joke, <laughs> Maria laughed. Lighten up, I'm going to vote for you. It's funny here. Maria does the, does the thing, Rob responds, and now she's mad at him for his response. Making me look stupid in a picture is not funny. Probably, it, yeah, probably not. So what, what's Maria's goal here? I don't know, but let's talk about how they, the two of them dealt with this. Not sure what your thoughts are. I'm sure I'm missing many points. And again, my hope is that you can relate to some of these things that may have happened as you were growing up, but also maybe now, because playground rules still apply a lot of times in life, strangely. We know Rob put a lot of work into it. Maria does this drawing and takes a picture and sends it. So they're talking behind his back. My notes, if these students, these people wound up in my office, is I would say, first off, you need to let Rob know that you understand the impact. Like, you need to hear him. Hey, Rob, I get that what you think I did is not funny. You need to reflect. Also, the lighten up, I'm, I'm going to vote for you. That's a little bit maybe shaming or guilting perhaps as well. Like that you're the one with the problem here. She completely invalidates Rob and his experience and acted as if the whole thing were a joke. Guess what? It's not a joke. It is not. Rob, my note would be the second you realize that perhaps you've been done wrong, you got to take a breath. Now, he does okay handling it right there. He speaks to it. I'll give him a B. If he wants an A on his response, you take a moment. You process a minute. You've just learned this information. You take just a second. And the tendency will be, I want to solve this right now. Let's pause for a minute and then approach Maria privately. Because if he does that, and if he comes at when you dot, 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 I feel dot, dot, dot. It, and, and maybe a starting point of, hey, I saw this. Did you do it and why? What's going on? Then when I saw the picture with the, the stuff all over it, I felt like I was being made fun of. I felt, I felt like you all were talking behind my back and it really bothers me. It is not funny at all. 
she may have given him a more favorable response. But the fact that she was called out in front of the group it just didn't uh, just didn't work for either of them. I want to look at a couple ways in winding down how if you are in a situation where you think you may be being mistreated on some level. Okay, let's let's go to Socrates, the great philosopher. And let's use Socratic questioning. There's a worksheet I'm looking at right now, and it says this. Thoughts are like a running dialogue in your brain. They come and go fast. So fast, in fact, we rarely have time to question them because our thoughts determine how we feel, how we act. It's important to challenge any thoughts that cause harm. So when I have a big emotional reaction to something, and I've heard it said this, when I when I have a strong emotional reaction to someone or something, I'm making that thing, my God, I am almost, it's like I'm worshiping it. So instead of worrying about the situation, since we have anxiety, we now have to focus on my response and the strong emotion and get back, back, uh, back to a baseline. So what is the thought to be questioned? Let's go with Jeremy. Let's just do a few of these. Uh, are my friends being... Di- my friends are being distant from me because I'm not smart, not good looking, and I'm not good at talking to people. What is the evidence for this thought? Well, Jeremy may say, well, they never talk to me. But against it, well, I don't know that that's really the case. Maybe there's another reason. Am I basing this thought on facts or feelings? Well, they're definitely distant. I feel really bad. Is it black and white? Or is it kind of more complicated? And that's usually the case. And it goes down through a number of questions. Anytime I have a strong emotional reaction or or response, or I, I work with a person who's in a who's has anxiety or has a situation, I've got to break it down. Number one, break it down. I've I've talked about so much. We need a thought log or a thought list. Maybe I need to do a little bit more work. So it gets its own document. What is the situation? What stories am I telling myself about this situation? This is called problem solving in seven steps. Stories may be true or false. What do I feel? If another person is involved, what do I think he or she is thinking, feeling, and needing? What part, and you all probably know this one, and this is the one I enjoy the most, what am I responsible for in this situation? This is taking letting go of control of them or what they did and just looking at ourselves. Now, we're getting to the action stage after we've got this data and we've broken it down. What are some possible actions I could take to solve the problem? Then, what are excuses or challenges I have for the solutions? And how do I overcome those? Because we may have five solutions, but then there's a problem for everything. Well, I, I could do this, but then I may get fired. Was there a way I can overcome that? What is your form of communication? I'm not convinced that this is all the forms, but we have assertive, aggressive, passive, and passive-aggressive. I would also say recreational outrage as well. (laughs) Like I'm having fun being angry, and we'll go to that. So assertive is telling someone how they made us feel in a nice and respectful way. 
And I talk to a lot of people who say, I don't have the right to feel the way I do. And then we just got to keep, we got to problem solve and we got to dig deeper and we have to keep working. An example of an assertive response is somebody calls us a name. We tell that person, hey, it bothered me. It hurt my feelings. And stop, please. Thank you. An aggressive response, somebody calls us a name. We call them a worse name back and we get in their face and try to scare them. Wow, intimidate. A passive response, somebody calls us a name, we pretend it doesn't bother us, and we never let anybody know how we feel. We just stuff it. All of the, other than the assertive, so far, the other two, aggressive and passive, just increase anxiety and stress. Passive-aggressive, somebody calls us a name, we pretend that our feelings aren't hurt, but then we go and spread rumors about them to other people. The, the recreational outrage is somebody call in my I'm adding this one somebody calls us a name and we go and post about it online and we get a bunch of responses based on how bad that person is and we enjoy I think that term comes from the great Joe Rogan we enjoy getting to be you know outraged in this situation I'm telling you friends allergies here. How do I respond to being mistreated? How what what's your story? You know, what's your what is your general response? I'm looking at these forms of communication and I'm thinking it can be different depending on the party we're talking to. For some of you all with kids, it you may come across very assertive or very passive when you talk to a friend differently. I don't know. I don't think it's like one size fits all for every group in our life, you know. Clearly it's not. I've I've come up with a list here. If I'm being mistreated, how do I respond? One, I have to become aware. I have to be aware that whatever is happening bothers me before I can then take any further steps. I need to break the situation down. Right? Ignore Sometimes the simple, I don't know if that works for you all. I'm just going to pretend I'm not going to give it any energy and let it die out because sometimes any sort of response is a win. If someone on Twitter tries to connect with someone of higher status on Twitter via negative attention strategy and they get that negative attention, that's a win. So sometimes ignoring completely does the trick, but not always. Humor, the whole humor response. That works for me sometimes if I can. Oh, I see. Somebody's having a bad day. <laughs> kind of with a smile. Oh, it seems like you're paying a lot of attention to my shirt, assuming someone makes a comment about my clothing. You seem really focused on me lately. Ask them to stop. For many of you listening, thank you for listening, by the way. I'm, I'm on Spotify I my friend said, why don't you add your podcast to Spotify? So I did that. Amazon Music. Please subscribe. Please give a comment. Please like. Support at Anxiety Help with Wes. Ask them to stop. For many of us, this is not the reason behind our anxiety. But for some, the idea of looking, even not laughing at someone when they make a joke because we're people pleasers is really difficult. My face has frozen when I've when I started getting myself some repetitions about being assertive. Not 
you know, not fight mode, not passive mode, but speaking up. If I don't know something, you know something I do that I never did growing up too? I'll ask questions. Do you know what this, this country is? No, I don't. What is it? Fill me in. I don't care if I look dumb. I'm willing to learn. But anyway, ask them to stop. Or don't give a reaction like laughing when it makes them think you have a certain feeling. It's so hard, guys, especially for, for people pleasers. <clears throat> and if you grew up in an environment where you had to be very compliant. So it worked for you at one point to just be passive. But maybe maybe nowadays it's not it's not doing the job. The powerful glare, eye contact, to actually make just eye contact. We're not trying to stare anybody down. We're not trying to give them the skunk eye or blue steel. But but we're going to meet their eyes. We're, we're going to meet them with in their eyes with our eyes. Walk away. I've done it. In the middle of the sentence or conversation, a powerful walk away. Cool. Subject change. Let me get a sip. Hang on here. Oh, yeah. I've done the subject change before. And for people in my life who I've put boundaries in place, sometimes I put... I, I say, I will not talk about this thing with my mom or dad or with this thing with my friend. And then when I break that boundary and then I get the response I don't want, I will try to change the subject and dig myself out of the hole I just started. Or if we start to go to a certain, for example, negativity, if it starts to go negative or gossiping, boom, change the subject right away. Obviously changing the subject. An observation statement. This is one of the things I learned at landmark landmark education before i you know learned any cognitive behavioral therapy or any sort of reflection skills which is i get that or i see that it's like make an observation well i can see that this is really important to you and i get that you're making plans right now on how to move forward um it's clear that you're incredibly upset right now and I um, I can see that or something to that nature we can tell a friend or an adult kids tell an adult for us it may be bring that safe and here's the next question who's on your team <coughs> for example are people on our teams who we kind of vent to, who we kind of share what's going on, and there's just judgment and it never helps, or it just at the end of the day they're trying to help, but it really doesn't help you or the relationship. How's my team? Yeah, there's a lot of ways. Those are just a few. I like the subject change. I like the observation statement. I like the walk away. I, I like all of them. That's pretty much what I got for today. Boy, did was it another great podcaster? Is that just me? Okay, let's close it up here. Um, awesome. I'm working on getting more guests. I'm expanding to Spotify. We're. Uh, I was thinking about filming on YouTube. I should stop sharing my possible plans, but I'm thinking about for those of us who are a little more visually oriented, or you would play it while you're stretching or making a sandwich, 
We're going to get that going. I'm working on guests. Working on more guests. It's nice to talk to other people than just have that conversation with myself. Thank you all. Have a great day. Bye.